Hi listeners, welcome to the latest footnote episode of the Fantasy Animation Podcast with me, Chris Holiday, And me, Alex Sargent. We are still joined, um, thankfully, by Dr Nick Jones, um, Senior Lecturer in Film, Television and Digital Culture at the University of York. Uh, because we are doing, we thought we would collar you to do and talk to us about 3D. Yes. We know this is an area that you've published on. Obviously, your kind of um, publications are very connected to visual effects and I think some kind of modes of spectatorship. Um, this, I suppose, ties into your uh, second book about 3D, digital 3D and visual culture. So we thought you would be the expert to talk to us about and talk to our listeners about what 3D is, what its effects are. Um, yeah, how, so, how would you navigate this? this cool. Um, Ten term? minutes. What is it? What is it? Uh, thanks what's, it sh- what's it short for? <laughs> We're wasting oh, time, everyone. I don't know that one. Um, thanks for having me again, guys, for this footnote. I think it's a great format. Well, we'll see what I say in <laughs> nine and a half minutes' time. Yeah. So 3D, short for three-dimensional. Lovely. Um, something that uh, I read once in, I don't know, like a subreddit, someone... In 2009, they said, why would I want to go and see Avatar in 3D? My whole life is in 3D. And I have worked tirelessly to prove to myself that that is not the case. So fundamentally, uh, my argument in in the book that I've published on 3D, which is uh, Space is Mapped and Monstrous, is that 3D cinema and, and 3D media is not just like real life perception. But that's kind of what we assume 3D to be because what it does is it adds an extra cue of depth Whereas you know the, the 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 cinema screen is normally two D two dimensional, three D gives us a sense of depth. It does this by screening two images uh, at the same time, or having uh, one eye only see one image, one eye see the other, and those images are ever so slightly offset, which uh, then creates the perception of space uh, and, and depth, which is how real life depth perception works. But I think when we're programming that, and, and that's being delivered to us through two two-dimensional images that's different to everyday life when yeah. the impression of depth is from an actual extensible world around us so um, yes 3d cinema that's it. very long history uh, been around since uh, when was the first 3d film Tell me, guys. Isn't it like around the sort of Lumiere Meliers? It's going to be something like that. You beat me. Yeah. Okay. So everyone always says 1950s, maybe. Uh, But yes, did say that. It's a well, and you should have. But yes, always around the Lumieres, like (laughs) all of the color, sound. It's all then. Uh, Spider-Man. Probably VFX. Spider-Man. Digital effects. Spider-Man. Yeah, it's all then. So yes, it it has a a much longer history than um, is usually acknowledged. Although in this room we have. Um, So uh, yeah, early patents by the Lumieres exploring it uh, in the 1890s, 1900s. Uh, so we had a, a 3D feature uh, in 1922, which is last. So this idea that it appeared in the 1950s because um, Hollywood was under threat from television and we needed to, to make cinema more exciting. So yeah. you know, 3D, we can't get at home, so uh-huh. we'll do that. Is, is Yes, that was the in, so part of the industrial reason for 3D, but it did have a longer history. And then recurs kind of here and there, and we have this, this boom um, in the digital era, especially thanks to Avatar and, and James Cameron and a bunch of other filmmakers who all kind of really pushed for 3D in the early 2000s. I think the, the pandemic has, to a large extent, uh, cut, the, cut the legs off 3D, unfortunately. And I do say unfortunately, because I think 3D has um, a lot of aesthetic 
possibilities that are never really acknowledged um, or, or that need to be acknowledged more. Uh, so it's now increasingly hard to find a 3D film. You can, uh, uh, if you're near, living near the right multiplex, you can get a 3D screening of Ant-Man, Quantumania, or whatever it is. Uh, but there are far fewer than there were back in sort of 2015, 2016. And, and it's seemingly because audiences aren't that interested um, and the industry maybe is, is shifting to think about other things. Why is 3D aesthetically interesting, you ask? I do. Why is 3D aesthetically interesting? <laughs> so a lot of um, critical commentary on 3D, especially 3D from the 1950s, is all about... You're fine. Got got not even four minutes. Is all about... <laughs> Forgot to play just a minute I'm, in a minute. I'm watching the clock. Yeah. <laughs> um, is all about things getting thrown at the audience. And, and there's this assumption that that's what 3D is. It's when someone sticks a knife out of the screen or a ping pong ball or something is, is shoved in your face. Um, now, I think that that assumption around 3D, especially in, in academic work, unfortunately, comes from the fact that um, prior to the digital age and, and kind of access to these films on 3D Blu-ray, a lot of people were watching things like Dial M for Murder in 2D and therefore assuming, oh, that bit where the hand comes out of the screen, that's the 3D bit, and weren't paying attention to the way 3D was operating at, at, at any other time in the text because they couldn't see the 3D, they weren't aware of the 3 So the bits that, paradoxically, the bits that we read as most 3D are the ones which survive a 3D text's translation into 2D. Mm. So those moments when something seems to be directed at us, we read as the 3D bit. Um, whereas actually, if you're watching a 3D film in its entirety, that it's a much richer, more varied spatial perceptual experience. And, and there might be a moment where something comes out of the screen, but also that kind of receding depth is, is, is there's really interesting stuff going on there that you just will not see if you see the film in a different format. So, so, so 3D is not, it's not so much about protrusion in the sense of a different way of seeing cinematic action that comes at you because obviously the history of uh, the history of, of kind of effect, not even effects but the history of the moving image is is about trains coming towards and thick kind of things coming towards you and the temptation is to therefore you're saying kind of read 3d 3dness into something that you know is a 3d text or something or, or to assume that 3d kind of equates to or is synonymous with ex, uh, kind of spectacle and protrusion yeah. when actually 3d could also be Kind of for narrative, yes. so the kind of tension yeah. between narrative and spectacle that always exists in. And we've previously done a, a footnote episode on the, the cinema of attractions. Mm. That kind of that kind of relationship is is kind of nuanced or bared yeah. out in in three D. I think it's yeah, it, it's it's far more nuanced and a, a, a kind of a poor comparison that I tried and and haven't really fleshed out. But like, if you imagine that um, we've got a black and white film, we've got a color film, and the idea that um, only those moments of the most bright, bright striking colour yeah. are, are making any use of the fact that it's a colour film, which is nonsense. You can get a, a film which is in colour but has kind of a very subdued colour palette and that's still using colour expressively and interestingly. Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Well, yeah, the another analogy is I, I quite like to show this, this the, the, well, well, the way I like to show it, it's a very troubled movie, but I show the jazz singer, obviously, when you do mm -hmm. sound, and it's almost more interesting to think about the bits of the jazz, like, students think the film is silent other than, like, two moments, or, or three moments, but actually the film is always 
uh, a synchronised sound movie. Yeah. So it's almost more interesting to think about those exactly. so-called silent moments. But we the- don't see them because what we just get is that that clip, that moment that, that is the most sort of synonymous with that technology. Yeah, and that technological spectacle that was new and novel and exciting. Okay. So, um, and yeah, thankfully I'm not the only person working on this. So um, there are there's really great work by Lisa Purse yes. um, and Miriam Ross. Uh, and Ailish Wood. So these are all really um, excellent scholars who who do take this kind of the nuanced challenge that digital 3D uh, presents m- more seriously than I think kind of earlier bodies of scholarship have done. So there is um, work there uh, for people to look at that engaging with ideas of haptics, ideas of space, yeah. spatial representation, um, some other kind of issues around the, the composite nature of the digital image today and how kind of 3D fits into that. Um, and there's there's arguments to be made around kind of the presence of visual effects and the fact that we're dealing with digital assets that are natively 3D yeah. and therefore to kind of create a 3D version of the Avengers. It's not super easy, but it's it's easier than it might be otherwise because sure. because like, you know, the helicarrier and Iron Man, these are these are 3D assets that exist in the computer anyway, so you can kind of render two views of them. Mm-hmm. So, to, so to ask a sort of, yeah, but the, I don't know, as a 3D agnostic, maybe this is the final question, is that, I, 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 and I, don't, I do mean agnostic, because I think all the work you've cited, including yours, is really, really interesting. I think there are definitely 3D movies that I think are really rich, wonderful things, and it's sad that those sort of films might not be made for a while. Mm-hmm. But there is also this, obviously, this hor- historical thing of like, the so-called waves of 3D, and you can't help sort of th- this this rhetoric of oh 3D's a gimmick is so frighteningly similar to rhetorics surrounding color, mm. to rhetorics surrounding sound. So I guess the question is why hasn't 3D yeah. done what those other technologies exactly, have these, done? And, and widescreen, these things that yeah. became enculturated, normalized parts of our cinematic language, and 3D never quite manages. And, and that, to me, is what makes it so exciting to study as a format because it it asks us questions around what we think cinema is. Yeah. Because why is it that 3D doesn't seem to fit a normative mainstream understanding of cinema, even though it's often used for the most mainstream of, of, of kind of entertainments. But it, yeah, there's it, it's something about human perception. It's something about um, what we expect in terms of our levels of attention. If we put on our 3D glasses, we can't be checking our phone. We have yeah, to kind yeah. of focus in on the screen. But it, it seems to be this, to me, it's this really fascinating edge case that, that allows us to reflect on the medium more generally. So, so why if we figure out why 3D doesn't become a standard part of cinema, then we learn much more about cinema full stop, not just about 3D. What, yeah. what a terrific uh, way to end a footnote, I think. So uh, students, if you're out there, there you go, go write an essay. Uh, anyone else, that's a, a really wonderful introduction into a, a really, uh, yeah, really interesting. You've really time. fleshed that out in three dimensions, Nick. Thank you for that. Ugh. Ugh. On that note, Nick, thanks thanks again for coming Thank on you. this uh, this colossal uh, waste of time, uh, and we'll all see you next time. <laughs>